So, uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to start this episode uh, with some bad news. Not bad news, just just more Disturb- bullshit. Disturbing. Disturbing news. Disturbing. Just more bullshit. And it's sad because, you know, you had to inform me of this. And, what, it's two weeks old, a week and a half old already, and I've heard it from no other outlet. So I'll, I'll let you kind of explain this situation um, about about the bullshit in this country. Yeah, um. 100% right, Zach. It's bullshit in this country. And the fact that we go out to the streets thinking that our police officers are going to protect and serve, and they do the complete opposite. People are now afraid to go to a cop, to talk to a cop, to trust a cop, to call a cop for anything. Because you are a... You are a problem before you're a victim. You are looked at as bad in the eyes of these police officers before it's like, let me get down to the nitty gritty of why we're doing what we're doing. No one's talked about this because it's a black on black crime. Uh And that's, and that's point. But I said what I said, it's black on black crime. So no one's talking about it. Because uh-huh. if it was white on black or black on white, it'd get blown out of proportion. Uh-huh. The fact that no one is talking about Tyree Nichols, rest in peace his soul, and condolences to his family, because what he went through, what his family is going through, is unacceptable. Uh-huh. And till people within the gang, because that's what I'm calling it. These police officers are no, I do not, and I've said this shit since I was like 11 years old and I've gotten into many altercations with police officers in my life. They're a gang. They're a gang and no one can trust them anymore. Not a single one of them. And until someone within the organization changes shit, it'll continuously be this way. You have five black officers decked out in black SWAT gear who, according to the Memphis chief police, says their sole duty is to go after, like, top-notch criminals, not pedestrians on the street. Five black cops pull a guy over, rip him out of his car, proceed to pepper spray, tase, baton, and kick and punch this man literally till he died. And then he had to wait 23 and a half minutes before an ambulance showed up, which is the most disgusting thing out of, honestly, I, I take more anger toward why it took 23 minutes for an ambulance to show up than I do at the cops beating this man up. There is no justification in this. Chief police said there's no justification in this. They have all been fired. They have all been charged with kidnapping, murder, and a bunch of other shit. Good. My thing is, and I hope they each and every one gets life in prison. And I hope each and every one gets their shit pushed in in prison and becomes someone's bitch. Oh, they will. They will. It would not have been so under the radar and not have been so swept under the rug if it was white on black crime or black on white crime. I feel like because it's black on black, it's like hide it. No one gives a fuck about them. 
No, I I couldn't, you know, we talked about this in pre, I couldn't begin to agree more. And it's just, I'm not gonna lie to you, I, I'm sick. I'm sick of talking about this shit. And not because, you know, oh, this is a sport, sports show, we shouldn't talk about this. I think everybody that has a platform should be taking a moment to talk about things that are important, regardless of what their platform is about. Um, I'm, I'm just sick that this is still a thing. Uh, you know, I, I'm sick that this is, we're in 2023 and this is still happening. And, and sadly, you're right. You know, I do agree with you that that police officers are part of a gang, unfortunately. And look, and I'm not calling out the individual cop because I'm sure there's more than plenty of individual cops who do this for the right reasons and just want to protect their communities. But the way the police force is being used in America, they are largely unchecked, roving gangs allowed to do whatever they want. And it's it's... It's fucking pathetic. I cannot imagine an excuse for having an individual cuffed and still beating the shit out of them. I just can't. Yeah. You know what? If you really want to throw them bows, and I'm 100% for this, if you really feel so disrespected and you really want to put your hands on a man, take your fucking badge off, huh? take your camera off, untie his hands and throw them bowls like a real man yeah yeah once he's don't get mad if he beats that ass and you want to arrest him after no 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 don't get mad if he whoops that ass mm -hmm. and look mad. when you're handcuffed especially cuffs behind your back you're subdued you're there there's really not okay you might be able to kick you might be able to headbutt but you're subdued there really isn't much you can do with your cuffs behind your back the video is out there, four body cams and a security post camera that has no audio, but the body cams do. Absolutely no reason why six on six on one. Six, how little of a dick do you have? Six on one. You're pepper spraying him. You're kicking him in the fucking face. You pick him back up. Tell the cop to move out of the way so you can hit a baton across his fucking face. And then you wait 23 minutes to call the ambulance. Sick. It's disgusting, bro. It's absolutely, absolutely disgusting. Uncalled for. And I'll say it again. If it was white on black crime or black on white crime or whatever the fuck way you want to put it, these cops would have been put on paid leave until further notice, a slap on the wrist, lawyered up to the fullest, and, and probably get away with it. Black cops? although they still deserve to get their shit pushed in right now, they got quick to get the firing, which I agree. Fire them. Because you also act that way when it's a white cop. You um, also act that way when it's a white cop. There's just no justification in this. And and something needs to happen. Something within AI needs to, you know, uh, uh, AI needs to get involved. Like, something that police force as a whole needs to get disbanded and restarted up under new laws and new jurisdictions and new shit. This is unacceptable. No one can go outside anymore and do anything of the constitutional rights they have because a cop says they're the law. You are not the law. You uphold the law. I have this conversation with my brother who was now a sheriff and, and for the SWAT team down here in South Carolina. And I've seen little parts of him start to change. So I check him all the time. And he tells me when he goes through certain things, and he'll just be like, 
yeah, I am the fucking law. No. And that's when I check you. No. Mm-hmm. You are not the law. Do not become these corrupt cops. The minute you say I am the law, you're corrupt. Yep. You're contaminated and you're fucked. You are not the law. Your job is to uphold the law. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. The abuse of power is absolutely ridiculous. And the fact that, like we said, it's a gang. They're quick to protect themselves. Then actually treat these men the way they should be treated. Like the criminals they are right now. Couldn't begin to agree more, man. Couldn't begin to agree more. And like I said, you know, I definitely think, you know, and, and, and look, if you if you turn this show off because oh, I listen to this for sports, I don't come here for this bullshit. That's fine. That's we fine. don't want to. Because, yeah. you know, it is still sports related. Because that was an NBA player they just killed. And regardless, regardless of whether it's sports related or not, we have a platform. And whether two people or 200 people, two million people, I don't give a shit. It needs to be talked about. It needs to be talked about. And here on this platform, we will continue to talk about it until we see fit or until it ends. I'll have the same argument with those guys that that say, oh, I don't want to hear this, that I had with my own wife last night. She said the same thing. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to talk about it. That is the problem. Yeah. That is the problem because you're turning a blind eye because it disgusts you. It's disturbing. You don't want to hear it. You don't want to see it no more. Mm-hmm. You have to talk about it. You have to bring it up because you're doing exactly what the other people are doing. You're sweeping it under the rug. And that's how it's become this way. And that's how it's gotten this bad is is continuously not paying attention to it, not talking about it, and just closing your eyes. You know, it's it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. So, and look, Tyree Nichols, I yep. hope all the, your family gets all the justice in the world. I hope you sue Memphis law enforcement to the fullest. I And you know what? It's not even the chief of police because the chief of police even came out and said this was absolutely uncalled for. This is not how we train our men. This is not what we are told to do and, and taught to do. So he took quick action, especially because Memphis police is already under a lot of heat with the whole mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm tired of talking about this and I'm tired of, of seeing this shit. Tired of it being a thing, bro. I... Couldn't begin to agree with you more. I I really couldn't. And to your uh, five, six pussy ass bitches that have the, the badge on you, I I for the Lord in heaven, I hope every single day that you're in prison, you get ass raped. Literally ass raped. Every single day, every single second of it, you get fucking beat the shit out of and ass raped. Because you deserve it. The same way you see him, I hope they do it to you. They'll be in protective custody. They'll PC. But no, I hear you, man. And and honestly, it's just, like I said, it's just sick. It's disturbing. I'm angry that this is the way we have to start our episode. I'm angry that we have to keep talking about this. I'm angry that a man lost his life to this bullshit. It's just, it's, it's just sickening, man. It's just sickening. And, and... I don't know what kind of awareness we can bring to it. I don't know what kind of anything we can bring to it, but I'm happy that, you know, I'm happy that we're the kind of people that talk about it, that we don't shy away from it. You know, it's just, it's just, it's bullshit. It's all, it's, it's absolute bullshit. There's no other way to put it. Period. End of story. Um, You know, this episode obviously starts a little bit different. You know, I'm not going to do the little intro music 
here. We're just going to start the intro music. You're going to hear us rant, and we're going to go right into sports because I just don't, I don't even know how I would do my normal hello bullshit after after all of this. I'm not even going to lie. Just, it's, it's disgusting. Um, you know, so like you said, rest in peace. I just, ah, fuck, man. It's just, come on. It's, it's 2023 in America. Why, why, why is this still a fucking thing? It's, it's just fucking dumb at this point. Um, I, I don't even know what to say. I, I mean, you covered it all. You covered it all. And unfortunately, uh, given my new employment, I have to walk a very fine line with the things I say in public. Um, but I, I don't disagree with any of your sentiments um, in the slightest, to be 100% honest with you. It's it's absolute bullshit. Trust me, I've been trained in a similar way as those gentlemen have. Um, there's no fucking excuse for it. Um, I hope I hope all the things that you hope. You know, I wish for all the things that you wish for um, is how I'll phrase that. It's just, like I said, it's grade A bullshit. It's gr- absolute grade A bullshit, and there's no excuse for it. Um, Continues to be a sad day in America. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but this week, uh, after all that, we're going to be talking some football. Obviously, we had the divisional round um, last week happen. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed in myself for even beginning to think the Cowboys uh, would win. Uh, but we'll talk about that. We got championship week this week. Uh, tomorrow, as a matter of fact, we're recording midday on Saturday. And we've got some NFL honors awards to talk about and some incredible recency bias that the NFL has just uh, blown on. Um, so so what do you want to start? Do you want to start with the NFL honors or do we want to talk about the games? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do the honors first because that's that's how you're supposed to do it, right? After the season, you give the yeah. honors out and then you play the postseason so you're not biased about it. Uh, is that the way? Um, so what we've been what we've been hinting at, I'm just gonna dive right into it. Offensive rookies of the year. Um we've got uh Kenneth Walker, aka K9, we've got Garrett Wilson, makes sense. And then we have Brock Purdy. Five starts in the regular season, five wins, five starts in the regular seasons, good stats, good numbers for five starts. I don't think, you know, if you're not picking up, this is a fucking theme. Uh, five fucking starts out of 17, and he is in the Offensive Rookie of the Year conversation over Tyler Algier, a thousand, quietly a thousand-yard rusher, uh, Chris Olave, who just pull up his fucking front runner for half the season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean... What the fuck? Yeah, this this is just, and like we said, this is just straight bias. So you're taking five games in at the end of the season, and I guarantee you they're adding what he did these last two playoff games. Gotta be, cause cause that's how it is. That's how it is. You know, gotta be. Um, these awards they they a hundred percent account in the playoffs when they shouldn't. It's supposed to be a seasoned award. Mm-hmm. And and they you five games, five games, five games. If Brock Purdy had seventeen games of what he did in those five, one hundred percent. Give me thirteen. Give me thirteen games. One hundred percent agree with you wholeheartedly. But five games, and he's over Chris Olave. Come on now. 
I get it. It's a cool story. He's Mr. Irrelevant. He's a third-string right. quarterback, made starter on a stacked team. You could have right. thrown a fucking corpse at quarterback, and they will still be doing what they're doing. Right. That's what I'm saying. And again, has he looked good? Sure. Is the Mr. Irrelevant undefeated putting up the stats he's putting up a great story and definitely to be to, to be considered? Sure. Five games. His sample size is five games. Wow. What are we doing? Who what would have known if he plays the whole season, he has five good games, and then the rest of the season, he plays like fucking Zach Wilson. Right. And apparently that's good enough for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Come on. I, I, got, I, 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 I so, so Braden, shout out to Noble Sports, he had brought this up in, in our chat group chat. They should be a minimum. A minimum amount of games that you have to play in in order to be put into the running of whatever the category uh, uh, award you're you're going for. Agreed. Give me at least 70% of the season, 65% of the season. It's got to be at least over half. At minimum, you have to play at least half of the season. Ten, ten, I think Braden said 10 games, which I think is respectable. So you need seven games that they're, they might miss, might right. miss. Right. Ten games at least. Come on. Come on. In ten games, you can get, if you're a wide receiver, 800 receiving yards. If you're a running back, 800 rushing yards in ten games. No, I agree. I agree. Um, so with all of that being said, the recency bias, um, who do you think is coming out of that? Who do you think is winning? It, it's Brees Hall. I, like, literally, literally, if Brock Purdy for five games is put into the rookie of the, I mean, uh, uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year award, so should Brees Hall. Brees Hall played seven games. Still led his team in rushing yards. I mean, look. And easily was the front runner before his ACL tear. So, if, I mean, if Brock Purdy's five games is worth a nomination, Brees Hall should win it. I don't disagree. Could you imagine if Brees Hall played the season, though? They'd have Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall as overways. That would be wild. Um, but realistically speaking, um Wilson's running away with it. I saw him grading. I know you like K9. He's had a great season. He's also missed some games. He wasn't even a starter until Penny got hurt. And if Penny didn't get hurt, he would have never touched the field. Um Garrett Wilson rightfully deserves it. Chris Olave had a good run, then started to fall off. Garrett Wilson with four shitty quarterbacks still mm -hmm. threw up. 80-plus receptions for over 1,000 yards and, what, six, five, six TDs? He led all rookies in receptions and yards. Mm -hmm. With Rightfully four so. different garbage quarterbacks. Rightfully so should win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Definitely agree. Definitely agree. And on the flip side of the ball, we've got Defensive Rookie of the Year, Sauce Gardner, Tariq Woolen, Aiden Hutchinson. Um, not going to lie, Aiden Hutchinson is out for me. He had a good season. He had a good like, five-game stretch. He had a Brock Purdy stretch. Right. And if you watch a lot of it, like, I know one game, I forgot who it was against. He had, like, two or three sacks. But if you watch the sacks, they were coverage sacks. Somebody was bound to get a sack, and Hutchinson just happened to be. He was the one to there. touch him. Yeah, After he was six like, seconds. You know what I mean? Like, QB yeah, saw the pocket collapsing. He falls down. Aiden Hutchinson is the first to touch him. He gets the sack. Right. Like, look, you, you had to work to get there in the end, right? The other guys didn't. Okay. But, like, did you really get that sack, though? 
Did you really? You know? Yeah, so two, two for me, interceptions were gimmies. I felt like Aaron Rodgers felt bad, and it was like, oh, let me help you out. <laughs> right. So for me, for me, it's Tariq Willett and uh, Sauce Gardner, and you know where I'm going. I, I think Sauce is by there, far. There's a linebacker that I would I would consider. There was a linebacker. Um, I forget. Uh, he 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 was in the top five, I think, for for tackles. Um, that I would consider for the award, but Sauce all the way. Yeah. There, there's it's if it's not unanimous. Then it should be like ninety nine percent sauce and one percent woolen. So I'm not gonna lie. I would see unanimous more on offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie. I can honestly see the discussion for Tyreek Woolen. I could very well see the argument there because of the interceptions. I, I get it. It's he did have a class, He was, I think, second or third when it came to pass deflections. He did have mm-hmm. a high uh, a protection rate. You know, coverage rate. Mm-hmm. And a low QBR allowed. Look, Tariq Woolen is good. I don't think this one's as runaway as it is. I would be upset if Woolen won it, but I wouldn't be inherently surprised. I wouldn't be like, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if he won it because of the level of play that two, two, we've had this discussion. Two different corners. One's right. a shutdown. One likes to take more of the risks. Mm-hmm. When you have a guy like Sauce and you go into that game and the QB for 60 minutes doesn't even attempt a pass on that side of the field. That takes away from you getting said stats to help boost your chances of getting the award. Mm-hmm. He's had probably four, maybe five games where he either A, didn't get a target his direction, or B, only had like two or three targets in his in his general direction. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it starts to what I think he led the league in pass defense. He did. Passing, uh, with like and 20. I, and I think he led the league in lowest QBR allowed as well. I firmly believe that 20 could have easily been 30 if quarterbacks weren't so scared to throw his way. And look who he shut down. Shut down Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs twice. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle twice. I mean, it's not like he's going up. With all due respect to Seattle and the NFC West, he's not going up against, insert nobody receiver on the Rams here. He's not going up against a D-hop with no fucking quarterback in Arizona. He's not, okay, he's got, you know, they've got Debo and fucking... Um, Ayuk. Ayuk, thank you. Brandon Ayuk over there, but carousel at quarterback in the you know what i mean he is playing legit competition you know so i, I don't yeah, know he's I, not, he wasn't chasing around like revis did in 09 revis mm-hmm. it was pretty much number one receiver you go where he goes shut him down mm-hmm. they firmly left sauce in his position and said oh you want to throw the guy on reed well he's gonna shut him down too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah no i i get how it could be personal bias as a Jets fan that I think Sauce will win it. Because, again, I won't be surprised if Willen does, but I definitely think the Jets are taking home both offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Firmly. And I think we've been calling this since they drafted both those guys. And look, and you got to give credit, especially, look, and like I said before, especially if Brees Hall didn't tear his ACL, run away. Brees Hall came out and said, congratulations, Garrett Wilson. If I was healthy, you know where that'd be sitting. (laughs) 
that was funny. That was like funny. You, I, I appreciate it. You my teammate. You my brother. I'm glad it's but, the organization. Boy. But you'd be number you, two. Let's be real. You'd be number two. <laughs> you know what, though? I have to say, Brees Hall tearing his ACL was a good thing in the end because it finally exposed Zach Wilson for being garbage because Brees Hall was able to cover, cover that up oh, yeah. pretty well. <laughs> All those little jump passes that went for 60 yards, mm-hmm. you know, just handing the ball off to him and seeing him just, yo, this man broke so many fucking tackles. He's a shifty little dude, bro. I love Brees Hall. Uh, but let's see, what else? You... With an ACL. I'm just scared. Like, does he come back the same? I know. I know. That's one of those injuries, bro. But, I mean, look, modern medicine. Look how old um, Adrian Peterson was when he tore his ACL. And then the next year he came back and was, what, two yards away from the, the rushing, you know, record? So, so you're saying Brees Hall is going to come back as a sophomore and break the rushing record? Yes. I said what I said. Dude. Boom. 4,000 yards. 4,000 yards rushing. First With game. another 1,000 receiving. <laughs> exactly. That would, dude, could you imagine? Anyway, um, who else we got? I, I have none of the awards down. I'm on um, my phone. Uh, who else we got? Uh, MVP is out. MVP is also out. They got uh, Patrick Mahomes. Um, Obviously. They got Justin Jefferson. They have Jalen Hurts. Um, small discussion. Because I think they, I think the the post that I seen, the the article I was reading, they they didn't just leave it at three. They put five players up there. Um, okay. They tossed in Derrick Henry, who mm. also ran for almost sixteen hundred yards and fourteen touchdowns. You say mm, because you're so used to Derrick Henry running for two thousand yards and doing That's what fair. he does. But because I did say mm. yards and fourteen touchdowns. I did say mm, and then you started reading the stats. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I might have been wrong. I might have been a little another five hundred pull that trigger. Like, yeah, with another 500 receiving. Like, yeah, so you get used to these guys doing these type of things. Right. Um, so, yeah, Patty Mahomes, Justin Jefferson, Derrick Henry, uh, 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 Jalen Hurts. Uh, and I want to there was I say there was a fifth, but doesn't matter because it's probably going to go to Patrick either Patty Mahomes, Mahomes or Jalen Hurts. Um, well, uh, first of all, the MVP is it's 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 the quarterback award, right? Let's let's stop pretend. Yeah. Let's stop calling it MVP and just call it. Now you think they got offensive player of the year and MVP? Yeah, they know nobody other than a quarterback's gonna win MVP. That's just the way that it is. Um, and to be honest with you, I've I this year I will truly and genuinely give it to Patrick Mahomes for the simple conversation of remember. The Chiefs were supposed to suck without Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill made Patrick Mahomes. That was the narrative. That was the entire NFL's narrative. Every media outlet, every wannabe like us, everyone on Twitter, everyone on TikTok, Patrick Mahomes was only existing because of Tyree Kill and how good he was. And without it, the Chiefs would be nobodies. Well, he threw 45 touchdowns and like 5,400 yards. So. With that being said, Patrick Mahomes. That's. I, I mean, I. I guess. I guess if we give it to Patrick Mahomes, does he have an MVP yet? Yeah, I think so. I think he, I think he has one already. Um, I guess. I mean, I hope. I wished Josh Allen and Justin Herbert played better because I'd put them in the discussion. Um. Jalen Hurts, as great as he played, I think he's only in the discussion because the team is 13-3. and Because when you look at his stats, you're like, 
Like, man. And I, I brought this discussion up. He's Danny Dimes. He's Danny Dimes. They have the same amount of passing yards, the same amount of rushing yards. The only difference, six extra passing TDs and seven extra rushing TDs because Danny Dimes gives it to Saquon in the 20-yard line, while Jalen Hurts is like, eh, let me just keep it myself because I don't trust Miles Sanders, Bart Scott, or Gainwell. That's fair. They heavy RPO with Jalen Hurts. Come on. They're no, literally Danny Dimes. And that's the, I feel like the only reason they put, gave him the discussion of MVP because they're 13-3. and three. I mean, you're not entirely wrong there. And look, I, I like you know Jalen Hurts well enough probably because he's received far too much hate. But I, I don't, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not sold on him. And for me, honestly, it really just comes down to if we want to talk about the narratives that were split before the season and then how the season played out, As like I said, I've made my argument. Um, though I do want to bring up very something interesting. You said Josh Allen. Josh Allen and Dak Prescott have similar stats. I and yet we I haven't hate, even, I haven't even seen we that. hate, and we hate Dak Prescott, but we laud Josh Allen as a, you know, as an NFL community. And we laud Josh Allen as this, oh, my God, you know, he's so good, blah, 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 blah. I but... think there's a difference there because, one, you could see the difference in level of play. I do agree. And two, as much as, and, and this has nothing to do with the award. No. Nah. You add into a, the factor playoff run. Yeah. When Josh Allen constantly goes to the AFC Championship and he's just trying to get over that little hump, that's one thing. Right. When you are projected to go to the Super Bowl year Every in and year out year. and you can barely get out the first round, that's a problem. Now, see, that's what I was going to say. I definitely think it's a factor of where they play I because it's the Cowboys versus the Bills. The Cowboys are always in the limelight. Jerry Jones, you know, the, that whole storyline and the whole thing, whereas – if Dak played in Buffalo and he had the exact same stats, would we be as hateful of Dak in and of himself? Probably I not. Think, I think you flip those quarterbacks on, on set team right now. Josh Allen takes the Cowboys to the Super Bowl while the mm. Bills, while the Bills probably first round knockout again if they make the playoffs. If they make the playoffs. I don't know if I can agree with that. I don't know if I can agree with that. I, I mean, yeah, I, the Cowboys have a better rushing I 100% attack. would say that. You know why? Josh Allen, what's the one thing we always said about Josh Allen's team? They ain't got no running yeah. back. No, that's where I was going to go. I will say that the Cowboys with Tony Pollard have a better running system than Stephon the Bills do. Stephon Diggs and CeeDee Lamb, 1A, 1B. I would take Diggs over Lamb, but yeah, I I don't inherently disagree. <sighs> Better defense with Martin, Mika Parsons and that, and and Lawrence and them boys. Yeah, I guess I, it's hard for me to agree with that. I, but you're you're starting to sway me a little bit. You're starting but to sway I will me. Say, MVP. I know I, I'm not giving it to Patty Mahomes. I'm giving it to Justin Jefferson. You really think a wide receiver is going to walk away with this one? I'm giving it to Justin Jefferson. I know what's going, <laughs> I know what's going to happen. I know, right, what's right, going right. To happen. I know who I they're you. going to give it to. Fair. But rightfully so, it should be Justin Jefferson. I can fuck with that. 100 and, I, 
I think he had 148 receptions, one shy of the record. Yeah. From, from Slant Team McSlant Boy. <laughs> and and 1,800 plus yards with nine touchdowns. I can fuck with it. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Um, how do we feel about head coach, uh, coach of the year? Oh, man, I had the discussion with Braden the other night, and I think I will riot. I, I gave six names when I had the discussion with him. I, I, I already know where you're going. Of head coaches that should be in this discussion. Nick Sirianni. Agreed. Doug Peterson. Agreed. Uh, Dable. Um, Pete Carroll. Huh. Robert Salah. It's the turnaround of the team. That's why it's it's coach of the year. It's the turnaround of the team. Pete Carroll took a team that's projected five wins, took him to the playoffs. Robert Salah took a team projected four or five wins and gave him nine. Seven. Uh, and I can't remember the, the last guy, but he's not going to win it anyway. I'll riot if Dable doesn't win it. I I agree with you here. This Hands is where down, we were standing. It's together. his to lose. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly agree with you here. No, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The only other not... person that that I'll be like, okay, I'll give it to you, is Doug Peterson. I'll give I'll, what he did with the Jaguars. I'll give it to you, especially yeah, no. getting a win in the playoffs too. I agree with that, but I definitely think it's it's Brian Dables to lose. You know, I mean, and again, I'm not gonna give Danny Dimes all the credit you want me to, but last year to this year, there is clearly something that Dable is doing correct with that transition from leading the league in turnovers to almost none, you know? So, and to have that team finally make the playoffs, finally, you know, start moving in the right direction. Uh, and, and as dominant as they did, if the Eagles didn't go 13 and three, let's not pretend here with the Giants, you know? So, and, and they're in one of the league's hardest divisions where almost all four made it, you know what I mean? I mean, what the Eagles went 13 and three, the Cowboys went, what, 11 and six or 12 and five, you know, whatever they did, that's what they're competing with, with in their own division. And yeah, okay, they snuck in on a wild card, but what the fuck do you want them to do when those are your top if, two teams? If they don't have the tie with Washington and yeah. they were projected to win that game, they're, they're 10 and seven. Yeah. They're as a game a, behind a, the Cowboys. They're two game, three games behind Philly. Uh, yeah, playing in the league's toughest division, having that kind of turnaround with his team with no receivers to speak of. I mean, Daniel Bellinger is now a household name. Hodgkins is now a household name. You know, go fuck yourself. You know, uh, a rebound year for Saquon. It's I 100% agree with you. You know, if Doug Peterson loses, okay, maybe, or wins, maybe I don't riot. But it, it is Brian Dables to lose, 100%. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, there's there's a huge gap. It's like Dable, Gap, Peterson, Gap. Yeah, one hundred percent. Start entering names. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Who do we got for uh, offensive player of the year? Offensive player of the year. It's probably going to since since he won't win MVP. It'll probably go to Justin Jefferson. That's kind of where I was thinking as well. I mean, you can put up an argument for Tyreek Hill. You know. People like my cousin who are diehard Dolphins fans who, <laughs> who after six games, kind of like Brock Purdy, after six games, they're like, oh, this guy's going to break 2,000 receiving yards. He's going to do this. Mm -hmm. He's going to do that. 
and you end up second, second or third in receiving yards. Like, like huge fall off. Um, you can debate Tyreek. You can debate Derrick Henry. Um, honestly, I'll say it again. I said what I said. Reese Hall probably wins Rookie of the Year and Offensive Player of the Year. I, if if that's even allowed. I don't. I don't think it's allowed, but it, <laughs> I would agree that he should have. Maybe give one. Maybe give Offensive Rookie of the Year to Brees and give uh player or Offensive Player of the Year to to Garrett and make it even. <laughs> Yeah, but it has to go to JJ. Just, just no. he was the most consistent all year. For sure, one hundred percent. Who we got for defensive player of the year? This was tough. Honestly, no one jumps out at me. I'm not gonna lie to you. It, no one, no one jumps out. I would have to go, and there's a small bias when I make this pick, I would have to go Nick Bosa over Parsons. And that's mm. why there's a small bias. It's a cowboy. But true. I, mm. I mean, they're both very close in QB pressures. They're both close in sacks. They're both close in, mm. in all the categories defensively. I would have to go Nick Bosa. Mm. Just because I use my, like, I'm like, fucking stuck and then i'm like ah let's add in bias <laughs> so i will take the opposite side of this i'll take parsons um only because he has more flexibility than bosa does bosa really doesn't you know on the odd play yeah you know he'll drop back but parsons is all over god's creation he is you know at the end he's interior lineman sometimes i've seen him line up inside of the end before in like a 4-3 look he'll drop back into coverage he plays at the mike linebacker position he's all over god's green earth and that's i'll give it to to parsons because they do have very similar stats they do have very similar everythings um i i would give it to parsons but i think overall because of how dominant the niners defense is i think it will be Bosa who wins, but I personally would give it Now, to who him. should really win it? Easy. Me. Sauce Gardner. Duh. Duh. Of course. He should just take every defensive award from now until he decides to retire. And I think he will. <laughs> give it, a, give it a, a year more. Maybe if the Jets offense can be on the field for a little bit longer and give the defense some breaks, you know, we would see him win all of the awards. I think um, I think he he is funny. So Oz Gardner came out. He like made a list of all the things he wanted to do, and he accomplished them. You know, Pro Bowl, All Pro, mm -hmm. Defensive uh, Rookie of the Year, all that jazz. He said his next goal, his goal for next season, ten interceptions. I don't think he'll get that. I don't think he'll get it, but I think he get close. I, I think, think he's gonna. I, I, I think he gets seven. I think he'll get two. I don't think because he's just they're not gonna fuck with him. It's it's what it's gonna come down to is they're just not gonna look at Revis. Revis has like an all time low in inter interceptions when you're talking about fucking all time quarterbacks because nobody fucks with him. Oh, Revis is over there. Fuck that side of the field. <laughs> that that receiver does now. We play with ten men on football uh, on offense now because that receiver doesn't exist anymore. They're just not gonna. He might on deflections or on some dumbass quarterback who really thinks he could test him. But he, I, I would be surprised if he got more than three or four, to be honest with you. Just because that's his style of play, and no one's going to fuck with him. 
And like, fuck that kid. <laughs> He's not going to get a fucking pass thrown anywhere near his direction of football, ever. Yeah, picking, picking defensive pl- player of the year gets harder and harder every season because it's such an offensive game. And, and for anything, if the defense sneezes the wrong way, they get penalized. Mm-hmm. So it, it gets harder and harder trying to pick a defensive player of the year. I agree. I agree. And before we get into the games last week and the games next week, we do have some Jets business to discuss. What the fuck? I don't know what to do anymore. I don't I don't get it. I don't get uh, it. And I don't get it for multiple reasons. Because look, I can see the argument of hiring Nathaniel Hackett as OC because some guys just aren't good head coaches. They could be the best coordinators in the world, and they're just not good head coaches. So I'm even willing to look away from what the Broncos were last year. I'm willing to give that a rest. But what I'm not willing to do is look at what's obviously happening. You're going after Nathaniel Hackett for the same reason the Denver Broncos did, and it's because you want Aaron fucking Rodgers, and that is what makes me... What are we doing? I agree. We've seen this goddamn movie before. We've watched it happen, except he wore number four. Why are we doing... And then Joe Namath. Oh, I'll unretire. Fuck off! Go Go die! Sorry, you didn't mean it like that, but go die! Go somewhere! Not here! Get off your phone! Get off the internet! Stop being who you are, Joe! God damn it! 46% win percentage. What are we doing? You do uh, know the quarterback with the most wins in the Jets organization is Ken O'Brien, and he was still under 500. He was 50 and 56. I'm so mad. Like, I get so happy, right? Oh, we're monitoring the Lamar situation. Lamar, Lamar, Lamar. And then we hire, well, before we hire Nathaniel Hackett, Derek Carr is, uh, is on the top of the Jets picks. And then we hired Nathaniel Hackett, and we all know what the fuck we're doing here. Oh, why? One, I do not agree 100% in firing Mike LaFleur. I I don't think everything was his fault. I think, remember, he knew at being an OC, only a year or two in or whatever the case may be. You got pretty boy mom fucker that doesn't know how to fucking quarterback the right way. Um, I don't believe it was all his fault. Now you want to fire him. Cool. Whatever. We already got a new head, uh, 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 OC job with the, the Los Angeles Rams. Quick. Um, which watch how that plays out. They're going to make that man look like a fucking genius when the Rams offense goes off. If it goes off next season, I'd be so mad. You go out and get Nathaniel Hackett. I am torn. Like you said, he's horrible head coach. He's a great OC. He's a great OC. He's a run-heavy uh, offensive OC. We have the running backs to do that. I don't agree with you making the quick decision without vetting other guys of hiring this man thinking he's going to get Aaron Rodgers. This man is sending Christmas cards to Aaron Rodgers' house and he's getting sent back to him saying, uh, re- sent back to uh, a sender 
because he Aaron Rodgers is. I guarantee you, they were probably butt buddies once before. They're not butt buddies anymore. I fucking hope they're not. I hope they are not because I. What are we doing going after a quarterback that's like sixty-two years old? What are we? Okay, what, I'm not one hundred percent against going for Aaron Rodgers. One. He's way better than Brett Favre was when we got Brett Favre. Way better. And mind you, when we did get Brett Favre, we were 8-3 and three until he fucked up his arm, and we ended up 9-7. and Because uh, we were making a fucking no, with him. I get it. I, I'm not mad with going for Aaron Rodgers. But if for two... managed to get him. That's two years of Aaron Rodgers. We let Zach Wilson sit behind him. He loves Zach Wilson. Loves him, adores him. Mentor. They hopefully that's one guy that Aaron Rodgers actually wants to mentor. <laughs> that's another issue with Aaron Rodgers. That man doesn't want to teach anyone. Talk to nobody. He thinks, he's, he thinks he doesn't age, and he's he's God's gift to fucking earth. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with the quick decision on Nathaniel Hackett, and I don't. And and it, it, you're right. It's a hundred percent pushing toward just going all in for Aaron Rodgers, and I'm just not. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that. Nope. I agree with you, man. I, I 100% agree. I, I just, look, if we could get Aaron Rodgers for, say, one first-rounder, I would be a little bit less apprehensive. But the fact that the price tag is two first-rounders, I'm extraordinarily apprehensive. It, like, come on. What do we – you really want to trade two first-rounders for what? For a guy that's probably going to be in the league for three years. Right. I, I just – I don't know, man. And every time I hear Woody Johnson open his mouth and say he would really love to do something, it immediately turns me off. Because I think he's dumb. I don't think Woody Johnson's a good football owner. I think he's a fanboy with a lot of money. But I don't think he's very smart. He plays Madden. Woody Johnson goes home and plays Madden every night and throws 62 bombs in one game with Aaron Rodgers and goes, yes, I, he's gonna, we're, we're going to be the best. We're going to fucking score 200 points a game if Aaron Rodgers joins our team. And then fucking the Tim Tebow situation happens. And then the Brett Favre situation happens. And then the, we can't get quarterbacks right. But with that knowledge... Why would you go after a dude who's going to be in the league for two or three more years? Yes, the Jets have a great team, and if we could figure out the quarterback spot, we could be at this part of the season watching the Jets play tomorrow. I think we can be. But, but, why would you mortgage? I would rather pay two number ones, three number ones, for fucking Lamar Jackson. I'd rather that than a guy who was a problem on his team at 40-something years old, doesn't want to fucking mentor anybody. Every headline about him is some crazy shit that he says. He's got all of this media circus surrounding him in Green Bay. Imagine that shit in New York. And you want to give two number ones for that? No. No, thank you. Now, now hear me out. What if they got Nathaniel Hackett Aaron Rodgers away. Then he's like, "Oh, they signed Nathaniel Hackett. I'm retiring." You know what, man? Joe Douglas, time and time again, has proven how he has a crystal ball and is smarter than the rest of us. So fucking maybe, 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 maybe you're right. And Joe Douglas is like, "You know what? Woody would have made us get Aaron Rodgers, but now I know that if we get Nathaniel Hackett, Rodgers won't want anything to do with us. So perfect." 
run-heavy offense that he'll do, it does fit having Lamar Jackson there the way he does his teams. I don't know. I think it was – I think they should have waited Agreed. until after the Super Bowl and all that to start making a decision on an on a OC. Agreed. Agreed. I, I mean, I, And then they went and got Keith Carter for O-line and, and uh, run game culture, whatever. The, why do you not go for Nick Mango? The guy literally hinted that he wanted to be the offensive line head coach. Like, well, I, who is this guy? I've never even heard of this Keith Carter guy. I don't know, man. It's It's things like this that it's just like, come on. Come on. We are right there. We could be playing football in late January if we could just Get it the fuck right at the top, and who knows? Maybe Nathaniel Hackett comes out and next year makes fuck makes Zach Wilson look like God. Who knows? Who knows? I don't have faith right now. We're at that time in a Jets lifespan where we're in the bottom of that swing. You know, give it April, mid-April when the Jets make a good draft, and I'll be back at the top of this swing. But right now, I'm not feeling fantastic. It just pisses me the fuck off. But anyway, let's talk about last week's football games. Divisional rounds. Uh, how did we do? Let me get my book. All right. I got so many little notebooks that I'll be writing on. <laughs> Running out of pages and shit. All the notebooks. Well, we got the KC game right. Yep. We lost the Giants game. Fuck. You got Cincy. I lost with the Bills pick. I got the Niners. You lost with the boys. So we were both two and two that week. Even, baby. Even. It's it was it, you know, it was a good week in football. I mean, obviously I'm stupid and went with the Cowboys when I shouldn't have. I knew I didn't like that pick. That was an ugly pick that I wasn't proud of. I feel of. like I pushed I feel like I, I persuaded you to pick the Giants as well. You did persuade me to pick the Giants, but I'm not going to lie. You didn't have to push that hard. I really thought the Giants had something, and they did have something going on, right? Like, they had a good season. Um, but, yeah, let's talk about that game, man. Woof. That was just ugly. The The Eagles, at no point did the Eagles ever feel out of control in this. The entire t- <sighs> It took less than one series to call this game. Yeah, The game was over the first time the Giants were on fourth and whatever, and they went for it. Yep. The first quarter, the first series of the game. I get it. You want to be aggressive. You want to, you know, punch these guys in the mouth. You want to do all this shit. First quarter, first series, they're still fucking 11 minutes on the fucking clock. And you go for it on the 50-yard line. You don't get it, and it went to shit after that. I called the minute they went for it and we didn't get it, I said the game's over. I I looked at Chris, the game's over. That's going to be the defining moment where we get our shit pushed in. Yep. And you're not wrong. And, you know, not only just the play on the field, but you spoke to it perfectly. I mean, just the decision, going for it on fourth and one that early in the game, for me, doesn't show that we're being aggressive. For me it shows that you're scared. For me, it shows that you know that every fucking drive, and look, I get it, it's divisional football, every drive does matter, but 
it felt like your back was against the ropes and you needed to do something to try and win this game. It felt like a, you know what I mean? Like a desperation Hail Mary with two seconds left. You know, it's just, you were already on the ropes. Nick Sirianni had you beat. And, and the rest of it, just the team showed that. The team showed exactly what that fourth and one meant. And it was brutal. It was hard. You know, I don't love the Giants as much as you do. I'm a very passive New York fan, obviously more Jets than Giants, but very passive New York Giants fan. But it was tough to watch a team have the kind of turnaround they did and then put that kind of product out on the field in the this, divisional round. This was easily the worst game Daniel Jones played this year. 100%. And it just, it just, it's sad that he goes out that way. I had a, I, and I, and I mean, I, I said it before the game even started when we recorded last week. I said, it all comes down to Daniel Jones' play. It all comes down if this guy can continue to ball out. He, after that fourth and whatever, and they didn't get it, he was a deer in the headlights. He had nobody yep. to throw to. He, he was sitting in the, I mean, he had all the time in the world to throw in the pocket. I'm not yep. going to bring the offensive line. They had yep. all the time in the world. He just had no one to throw the ball to. Yep. Yeah. It really just, you know, it was an outclassing in every way, shape, and form. You know, from from the positional matchups to the head coaching matchups, it was just you are outpowered, and you know it, and we know it. Just call the game, <laughs> you know. Um, so that that was a shame, but you know, it really made me. You know, we'll get into the uh, the the championship matchups here when we're done. You know, but it it made me kind of cock my head sideways for the Eagles and go, hmm. All right, you have a good team. I I, I, hmm. I mean, they are the number one offense in the league, but they do yep. also have to play the number one defense in the league this week. Yep, yep. And we'll we'll get there. Um, the the Bills Bengals game. You know, I, I know that um, Joe Cool, man, Joe. He just at no point does this kid give a fuck. And we've said it from the beginning, and not in a, oh, I don't care about the game, but he just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where he's playing, who he's going to, what the narrative is, why he's playing in this game. You know, they asked him after the end of the game is, you know, what did you think about them selling tickets, you know, for the for the Bills-Chiefs game? They were already pre-selling tickets for the, the AFC Championship game down in Georgia. My man said, better send them refunds. <laughs> Joe Burrow did not give a fuck about you. Don't give a fuck about me. And it sucks because I, I picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl. I did pick the Bills to beat the Bengals. But I've also said this because of what had happened with DeMar Hamlin, the reseeding, all this shit, they should have never played each other. Yeah. They should have never played each other since he should have played KC. And, and that's how it should have went. And, and Jaguar should have played the Bills. But I also have said the Bengals were four and four at one point in the season. Then they went on a seven game win streak. Halfway through that win streak, we recorded and I said, no one wants to play Joe Burr in the playoffs. Uh -huh. And I stand on that. Yeah. No one wants to play this man in the playoffs. He has, I don't know if it's tunnel vision. I don't know if it's ice in the veins. I don't know if I don't know what the fuck it is, but this man in the playoffs, a, a light switch just flicks. 
You know, I saw a quote on Instagram earlier today, and I really hate these level of comparisons, but damn, this one was hard to deny. It said Joe Burrow is the closest thing that we've seen to Tom Brady in the aspect of tunnel vision and preparation and his mentality. And it's hard to deny that because you're 100% right. The playoffs come and Joe, Joe, other people, other freak elite fucking superhumans that are in the NFL are here. And let me, let me move over here. And then there's fucking Joe Burrow, whose mentality is just, it's locked in. Again, he doesn't give a fuck. And again, it's not about the game, but it's, I don't give a fuck about who you are, what story you're pushing, who we're playing, what their defense looks like. I don't care about the weather. I don't care about you. <laughs> give me my ring. Uh, <laughs> you know? I saw an interview with Joe Burrow, and, and they asked him, what, how do you prepare before the game? He's like, well, on the flight, you know, I watched my game film. I get through that pretty, pretty quickly. Um, I thought that was funny how he said that. And then he was like, uh, and then um, and then I play Super Smash Brothers. And they're like, well, Jamar Chase, you know, after he does all his stuff, he likes to relax, watch some YouTube videos and, and for his downtime. What do you like to do? He's like, well, you know, after I do my film, I just continue to play Super Smash Brothers. You don't give a fuck. Bro, like, <laughs> like, fuck. like, yeah, okay, I do my quick homework for 30 minutes on the plane, and then, you know, go, like, like, you're, like, you're a kid in high school. Yeah, like, you don't care. You, Yo, did you do your homework? You're like, yeah, sort of. Yeah. I'm Super Smash Brothers, but I'm going to ace the test anyway, even though I know I was going to say, you took the words right out of my mouth, but you test him anyway, and he still gets all the answers right. That's, you know, <laughs> He's fun to watch, man. That whole offense, T. Higgins, um, uh, Hayden Hurst, fucking Jamar Chase. Uh, uh, third. I don't know. How, we'll 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 get into the predictions here about how he's Mahomes' daddy. Um, now, the, the J.C. Jags game was an interesting one. Yeah, a little bit. That one was an interesting one. I expected that one to be a complete blowout. We both picked Casey by ten. Yeah. And the Jags, like... Had a chance there. I don't know if it's the credit to the Jags and how they performed, or I'm looking at the Chiefs like, you guys got more cracks than I expected. I think... I think it's one of those situations where the Chiefs underestimated their opponent because... um, Oh, my God, I can't remember his name. Joe, No, not Joe Douglas. What's the fucking coach over there? Doug Peterson? Thank you, Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson coached a good game. The Jags played a good game. And KC did have flaws, and KC made a lot of mistakes that allowed the Jags to play football with them. But I don't think that shows as many cracks in KC as it shows, like, they just, they underestimated this game. Eh, we can go out there, we can fuck around, we don't really have to worry too much because it's the Jags and we're going to win anyway, as opposed to putting their pedal down and actually playing this game. And I agree with that. I feel like KC still has the mentality of the Super Bowl winning team they once had where mm -hmm. where no one's seen this kind of air raid offense before, so they were just so far more superior than everyone else. And now people are catching up and they still think in their head they're so far more superior Mm -hmm. But that gap is a lot closer than you think. You yeah. know, a few years ago when you won the Super Bowl, it's Casey's offense and everyone else. Mm -hmm. Now it's Casey's offense, Bengals offense, Bills offense, 49ers offense, Eagles offense, 
And mm-hmm. then you can throw down everybody else. Uh-huh. It's not as easy. And mind you, I know how we feel about Trevor Lawrence. The Jaguars, though, as a collective whole team, is going to be a fucking problem. I do agree with that. And I do agree a lot of it, you know, like we said before, when we were talking about Coach of the Year, Doug Peterson has done a lot, you know, to coach Trevor Lawrence up. There has been improvement, and you can't deny that. You know, with the whole team in and of itself, there's been a lot of improvement. I mean, shit, Evan Ingram, I mean, is out here looking like a giant. Resurgence from the Giants. And you know what? Honestly, if any, I feel like if Evan Ingram would have stood an extra year with the Giants and Danny Dimes, how Bellinger wouldn't, you know, Evan Ingram would have been that guy instead of Bellinger. He would have had that, you know, that resurgence because he kind of had a fall off. Marvin Jones at Uh ETN balling out. And they Uh got, I think they got multiple first round picks, multiple picks in this draft coming up. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, the Jags are definitely going to be an interesting team to watch moving forward. And they did, you know, while they lost, they made this game more interesting than obviously we and a lot of people thought it would be. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence is still a bust. Just it is what it is. But he played a good game. He's he played a good season overall. But now nah, he's not better than Peyton Manning, like everyone thought. See, I feel like uh, Trevor Lawrence is starting to get to me a little bit because his level of play is above average. Is great. You know, he's he threw for 36, 3,700 yards this year. I firmly believe. He'll be one of those guys that consistently throw, you know, over 4,000 yards in his career. But because they threw him on such a high pedestal of being the next Peyton Manning, it's like, I'm waiting to see that. Because if I don't see that, he's always going to be a bust because you've already threw him so high up on the pedestal. So if he doesn't ever reach that, he's a bust. My point exactly. That's exactly my issue. Is he a good quarterback? Yes. Can he be a great quarterback? I'm not going to say yes, but I do think there's potential there. Is he ever going to be Tom Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, uh, Patrick Mahomes? No, he will never be in that category ever. So that's that. So he's a bust because that's he was supposed to be better than Peyton. So therefore, bust. And it just it is what it is. I've said it before. And now I'll, I'll kind of backtrack on it a little bit because before I have said, you know, Trevor Lawrence will never in his career see a Super Bowl. I think he will see a Super Bowl. No. I still don't know if he'll ever win one. No, I don't. I, honestly, I don't think he will simply for the fact of the last five years, what, four or five years, the AFC championship has been held in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, look at who he's got. If, if, if for some reason Jacksonville goes to the NFC or Trevor Lawrence goes to the NFC, sure, maybe I can agree with you. Ain't no fucking way he's competing with the Bills, with the Chiefs, with the Bengals. It's just not fucking. It's not happening. Put him on such a high pedestal, and honestly, Joe Burrow's better than you. Josh Allen's better than you. Patrick Mahomes is better than you. I mean, not, I'm looking at my board here, and there's just. You're not, he's just not competing with the top guys in this league. He's just not. He's just not. And it's, I don't think he could get past, you know, the Chargers consistently year in and year out. I think you know? Chargers are 100% healthy. But yeah, I don't think he, I, and honestly, I don't see him better than Justin Herbert. 
Uh, that's what I'm saying. I think you know, Justin Gilbert is a fucking problem. Yeah. He, if he goes over... Most of the Chargers. That's what I'm saying. If he goes over to the NFC, sure, maybe he gets to a Super Bowl once or twice. But not... And if he came out before Mahomes, before Joe Burr, before Josh Allen, maybe. Maybe. But not now. There's too much. There's just too much clutter for him. And, and he's just not good enough to push through. It's and just, honestly, it is I, Casey has kind of run the AFC the last, like, five or six seasons. Yeah. That's coming to an end. Mm. That'll, that's, that, that's coming to an end. Maybe when Andy Reid retires. And the problem with that coming to an end is that, yeah, you might not have to deal with KC, but Joe Burrow is still there. Mm-hmm. KC's run is coming to an end. But that means Cincy's run is starting. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I'm foreshadowing Cincy's my pick for the Super Bowl. Well, well, don't worry. We'll get there. We'll get there. And we'll talk about the Cowboys and, and Niners briefly. I mean, at no point did the Niners, this was a close game all the way through, but especially in the first half. Um, you know, obviously, Brett Maher's kicking troubles continue. Um, this was just, uh, I, I liked this game at first. This was a nice, ugly, defensive football game. Though that, that kind of shit makes my dick hard. You know, I loved the first half of this game. And I was like, all right, you know, I went into halftime saying, all right, maybe the Cowboys got a shot here. And then they came out and it looked like the Niners made adjustments and the Cowboys just didn't. It's so what first, thing, first thing I want to bring up when you said the Cowboy, uh, the Niners made adjustments. I had read an article from the Hall of Famer Peyton Manning saying, right. well, not an article, but it was, a, oh. it was a, you know, <laughs> someone interviewed him. And, gotcha, and gotcha. it was a part that they put out there. Him talking about halftime adjustments. He says, for those of you who think that teams go into halftime making adjustments, you're an idiot. No one goes into halftime making adjustments. You go in, you get some water, you get some little grub in your stomach, and you go back out and you play football. Your coach, no comes, into the, your coach comes into the room and says, all right, guys, let's play better. Get out there. I and no I, agree. I 100% agree with that. I know what. We've seen it in high school football, too. All right, guys, you know, we got to run the ball a little bit better. Now let's get out there. Oh, I don't see, dickhead. So I don't think, so I don't know. I saw something, I saw the thing that you're talking about, and I think there might be a miscommunication here. Because, no, do I think that coaches go into halftime and say, all right, guys, we haven't been running the ball well. We're going to go from plan book you know game plan a and now remember we've been planning for game plan b so we're we're gonna break out that playbook no i don't think it's like that but i definitely think because you could watch it in the play calling i definitely think coaches come back and say all right you know here's what went right here's what went wrong maybe they don't relate this to the players but i definitely think there is a all right we've been seeing that you know the safety keeps creeping up they've been reading their game film we're a run first team all right let's try and hit that play action a little bit more i don't think it's a monumental shift in game plan, but you're not telling me that they make no adjustments whatsoever. That Peyton Manning didn't go into halftime and go, okay, I see the safety keeps playing, or the corner keeps playing inside coverage, or his tendency, you know, they have more of a zone kind of tendency. Let me look out for that a little bit more, and let's see if we can, you know, kind of take advantage of those seam routes. And I don't, again, I don't think it's a monstrous shifting game plan, but 
fuck you. You make adjustments, Peyton. I think it's more adjustments on the coaches than any of the players. Sure, 100%. You know, talking to themselves like, all right, this is what we see. This is where we're fucking up at. The players, they're in there trying to fucking change their socks, grab a banana or an apple, and then go back on the fucking field. Now, that I agree with you wholeheartedly. We're not, like I said, I don't think the the linemen are getting together going, okay, you know, we've got to make sure we, no, no, they're like, fuck this shit. That guy's kicking my ass all game. Fuck him. I'm grabbing him by the dick next time. This is bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think, like, I definitely, I hear what Peyton's saying, but I don't think it's a, nope, we're not doing anything. We just run the same game plan. You can't convince me because you could see it in games where they come out at halftime and you could see, okay, they've, you know, we're they're running a little bit more of this. They're running, you know, so I definitely think there are adjustments at the coaching level. Um, but to, to Peyton's point, I do agree that it's less on the players and more on the coaching. And it's not as much of a monumental shift as people think that it is. Now, I want to know how people would have reacted if the Niners lose this game. How Because the Niners win this game, everything's Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy. Sure. Is are you gonna keep the same energy if the Niners would have lost and you'd have been like, yo, Brock Purdy played like shit? Because his numbers were not fucking great. He no. played average, maybe even below average football. But they won you the teams elite. You could make a very strong argument that the Cowboys lost to this game, not that the 49ers won. You could make that strong argument, and it would be a pretty goddamn good one. Um they kept Debo at bay. They kept yeah. McCaffrey at bay. This was I, I, honestly, this was on the Cowboys not putting up points offensively. There was mental mistakes at the end of this game on the Cowboys when the game was on the line. Dalton Schultz going for that catch. Now, would it have mattered? Okay. No. Okay. So Tom but, Brady, two minutes on Brady, elite. Cowboys, two minutes, the worst I've ever seen in my life. Oh my God, it was awful. Like, Dalton, what are you doing? Put your fucking foot down. Why this is two you, years you in a row. just lazily run this catch out of bounds? Put your this foot down. Two years in a row where you have the last possession against the same team. Bro, you got 47 seconds and you're throwing five-yard passes. You know, and I've been a defender of Kellen Moore all year, but that was rough to watch. That, I was sitting there, what the fuck are you play, doing? That last play, honestly, was worse than the Dak Prescott trying to the, um, uh, uh, put the um, uh, spike the, the ball. Wait, uh, uh, bro. There was this just this is so why much... the Cowboys get shitted on so much. You guys you know, have all these expectations of Super Bowl runs, and in the keyest the moments, the the, the the most crucial moments, you fold like a fucking lawn chair. Bold boy, and it's not even—it's not even like, oh wow, you know, in the two minutes, you know, the the Niners defense just stepped up and they really played well. You know, it's like you go from an NFL team to Valley Central in two thousand eight, <laughs> coached by Coach I. You know what I mean? It's like well, we were all the-, the whole team was rioting to fire this man. What are you doing? Like it got—that's the thing, man. And look, the Cowboys are in this terrible position where if they win. The Cowboys faithful are the most obnoxious humans in the world. And if they lose, the Cowboys haters are the most obnoxious people oh, in the world. Man. What happened What happened when they won the first playoff game? You know, everybody, oh my God. you know, they treated it like they done won the Super Bowl. I mean, Christy acted like she done won the Super Bowl. And that, then what that happened? I knew it was coming to an end. <laughs> you, you come back, you play like shit, and this is the greatest part. 
this is the this is what I do like about Cowboys fans. The day after they lose, all the uh, videos, they don't, all, don't want to talk. All the videos that get posted of them trashing their TVs, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's the most enjoyable thing to watch. I just gotta know what you goes through your head. Get so mad at your team that you're willing to destroy your five hundred dollar TV. I love it. I gotta know what goes through your mind. It. Like, I'm not going to lie. When the Jets play like shit, Sarah knows not to engage with me. She knows to leave me alone because I'm in a piss-poor fucking mood. You're shattering your TV? What? 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 First of all, do you have to be rich to be a Cowboys fan? You can just buy a $500 TV? I I don't make that kind of money. Like, if you know you're a Cowboys fan, you should still be buying TVs that have the big back and they're like 700 pounds. That's what I'm saying. Like, at least you know, like, you can hit that shit with a baseball bat and it's still going to work the next day. <laughs> no, I hear you. It's, I just, that is, I do agree with you. That is the funny part. Or I've seen all one, this pieces. one video, dude got so tight, he walks out with his TV on his shoulder like he's fucking hiking on a 20-mile hike, tosses it outside, takes his white pickup truck, and runs it over and, like, like, fucking burns tire on it. I'm like, I, I love it. I fucking love the way they react. Buddy, it's not that deep. <laughs> like, it's not that serious. You got dude talking, oh, 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 rage uh, touching the TV. It's like, bro, now you got nothing for, like, until next payday to go buy another TV. Yeah. You need you need to smoke some weed, buddy. You need, it's not that Seriously, deep. Seriously, bro, down. it's not that serious. I'm a Jets fan. I've seen nothing but misery and loss for 30 years, bro. Like, Talk I still have my you- TV, though. That's what I'm saying. Talk to me when you've seen the butt fumble 50 yards from you live and in person. Well, fucking, yeah, you're breaking your TV over a fucking playoff game? You don't know misery. You don't know shit. You don't know nothing. Anyway. It's great. It's just great the way they react. It is. They are fantastic humans. And and that's what makes it the the, the cowboy faithful that behave that way is why the cowboy haters are the way that they are. Because it's it's just so it's ridiculous. It's like you put your team on. I, I, I honestly, okay, so like four houses down. Um, I just noticed it recently. Dude had his garage open. He was cleaning his car outside. Drove by to go to the store, and I'm like, huh? A Cowboys fan. He had big old Cowboys flag on his garage wall and everything. I want to know if he has his TV still. I should ask. Should go down and knock. Hey, hey, man! I heard there's a good deal of TVs going on at Walmart. You need one? <laughs> you need a Roku? I know at Walmart they got them for two ninety eight, fifty inches. That's hysterical. Um, but let's let's uh, let's get into their division rivals, man. We got the Eagles hosting the Niners uh, in in Philly, obviously this Sunday tomorrow. I know you said before the Eagles are are first in points per game and first in yards per game on offense. And then conversely, the Niners are first in points per game allowed and first in yards per game allowed. Um, what do we got? Who we got here? This one's so hard, right? Because yeah. as, as you know, a New Yorker fan and Christy's a Cowboys fan and, and, and we don't want the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Correct. And then we got guys, buddies like Braden and, and them who do not want to see the 49ers there. Also correct. It, it, it's a rough one, but I'm going to stand still where I'm at, and I think the Eagles, and I've been calling this since the playoffs started, I think the Eagles choke in the NFC Championship game. You know, we're on, I don't know so much if the Eagles choke, but, you know, every now and then we get these. So, if you're 13-3, and three, 
you're running this whole league as if as if the Super Bowl was already a lock. You're acting kind of like a cowboy fan. <laughs> and you don't at least get there, you choked. I think that the pumpkin or the, the carriage does not turn back into a pumpkin just yet. I think we're it we're at eleven o'clock. But I don't think the clock has struck midnight just yet on Brock Purdy. Um, you know, I think he comes out and he does enough on offense and that defense is just smothering. You know, Nick Sirianni has been a great head coach, but Kyle Shanahan has been a better one. You know, I just, I think that, I don't think we're going to get a brother boxing match in the Super Bowl. I don't think the Kelsey's are going to face off against each other. I got, I got the Niners by one. And I think this is going to be a low-scoring, hard-knuckled affair. And because of that, and because of Jalen Hurts being so young, and it's his first time with this kind of pressure on his shoulders, I think that the the Eagles are going to be down by one in the fourth. And I just don't think they're going to be able to, to get it over that push. So I'm going to make it a little bit bigger of a gap. I'm taking the Niners by six. I, I don't think that's terrible. I feel like going into halftime, it'll be a decent three-point game, maybe like a 17-14 type deal. I can fuck with it. But the second half, and we've seen this for half the season, for the second half of the season for the 49ers, they come out at halftime and they let up no fucking points. They are a second-half team. They know how to shut you down in the second half. Mm-hmm. And I think that's enough. I, I I don't have all the confidence in Jalen Hurts right now with a hurt shoulder mm-hmm. when you're going to have some of the meanest uh, off, uh, defensive line and linebackers like gunning for him. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're playing the Giants. The Giants' defense was like ranked 20-something in the league. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like you're these guys are gonna put fucking helmet to chest. Yeah, you're playing these against guys are the, the drive you in the fucking ground and make sure you feel it. Yeah, you're playing against the league's best defense, you know, and yeah, you're at home, but I I, I don't know. I, I just I like the Niners on this. I don't think the Cinderella story is over. And the greatest story. thing about it is like I said, the Cowboy fans and Eagle fans, they're they're similar. Very especially when, when Philadelphia's playing in Philly. And they, and they feel like they're untouchable. Oh, yeah. You're going to – I can't wait to see it when the Niners win. I can't wait to see how Philly starts destroying their TVs and their city because their team lost. That, oh, I, yeah. I, I'll never understand that. Your team loses and you just burn your city to the ground. There's, yeah, the city's going to burn for sure. Philly. And I, Philly the fact, th- I don't know if you've seen it. A 49ers fan – Threw a 49ers jersey on top of the Rocky. On Rocky. I love it. I don't know. That's I don't know if I I'm pissed it. off Philly fans like that. They're crazy. I love it. <laughs> that was I love bold. it. I love every second about it. Because you know why? Philly fans feel like they're the hardest people in the fucking world. I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, New yeah. York still exists. 100%. New York is way more composed, though. Right. Get, You're just We get like that when we need to get like that. We don't show it Philly? just because. Philly is like a poor, less civilized New York. That's all it is. That's all you yeah, guys they're are. Like a pre, they're like they're like a post-apocalyptic New York. Like you know, <laughs> yeah, there you, you know, go. They're, they're scavengers and shit like that. They just don't know how to act. 
You know we got that? class. At least we got, we got class. class. I mean, we'll still punch <laughs> you in the fucking mouth. Oh, sure. Class. Exactly. Um, and then on the flip side, so I said this is going to be a staunchy point or a staunchy game in the form of points. And then we've got what I firmly believe will be a 54 52 kind of fucking nuclear arms race in Kansas City between the Bengals and the Chiefs. And that is my final score 54 52. And it's Joe Burr and the Bengals, baby. I just this is this is gonna both of these games are gonna make my dick hard in all the best ways, you know, from a defensive battle in the NFC to just the sex. Sex is gonna happen on a football field. And and look, people who listen to me and, and like, oh my god, I can't believe you describe it like that. You don't love football the way I do. You don't love toe tap, corner catches, Jamar Chase doing ungodly things that humans aren't made to do. That's that that gives me that I'll blow my load soft. That shit's beautiful to me. You can't change it. Joe Burrow making fucking Patrick Mahomes with a hurt fucking high ankle sprain, not looking, throwing underarm fucking submarine passes past a defender that's making a beautiful play on him is gorgeous. You can't convince me otherwise. It's beautiful. I love it. Bengals by two. Bengals by <laughs> two. I already had picked my pick earlier. I'm taking Cincy. Cincy by three, okay. and like you said, it's just going to be one of the most beautiful games we witnessed. This mm-hmm. this is going to be a repeat of of Bills Chiefs last year. Uh, I mean, um, not last Bang year, the, the year prior, mm. when the Bills played the Chiefs and they went to the OT and shit like that. Oh, yeah. There's a repeat of last year when the Bengals went and they did what they did against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And mind you, that game was wild. They were getting the shit pushed in first half come out and they fucking do that comeback. This is going to be such a beautiful game. Mm-hmm. I still so don't see Joe Burrow losing to Patrick. And I think it's going to irk Patrick Mahomes so much that he just can't get by Joe Burr. I don't know what it is. But Joe Burr is going to the Super Bowl. This is the Tom Brady, Peyton Manning fucking rivalry that the, the NFL needs for the next decade. And, and it's it's so beautiful that it gets the cities involved. Did you see the mayor of Cincinnati is has a warrant out for Joe Burrow to get a paternity test for being Patrick Mahomes' dad? I saw this. I saw it. I saw it like 10 times on Twitter and Instagram. I'm like, what? And then I swiped over. You know, on Instagram, you know, you post multiple things, you swipe over. And I saw the video. It's no joke. My dude legit recorded a video. I was like, you know, we we want we want Joe Burrow to come on down to the station. We need him to take a paternity test for being Patrick. We it's believed that he's Patrick Mahomes' father. And I was like, yo, y'all gotta stop with this shit. And this is it why is I said the reign of the Chiefs running the AFC is coming to an end, and it's the start uh, of the Bengals. Because look. Everyone said Chiefs, Bills, Chiefs, Bills, Chiefs, Bills. But for some reason, the Chiefs still own the Bills. Yeah. Well, the Bengals showed up, and they were just like, well, Bills, I'll show you how to fucking do it. Took that personally. Personally. Took that. Uh, selling the tickets to, to that AFC Championship game without them personally, bro. They have the same offense to compete with the Chiefs and a better defense. Mm-hmm. And not talking about you, Eli Apple. We are not talking about you. Oh. None. Of them. I'm talking you about don't the count. as a whole. 
Demon yeah, we don't, without don't count. Without whatever his name is, he's not over there fucking clinging niggas with helmets and shit. Oh my god, <laughs> my, uh, Vontez, Vontez Perfect, you remember that motherfucker? That dude was a... That, that dude was handing out CTE like it was fucking candy on Halloween. That dude had a you get CTE and you get CTE. And he had a record in every NFL city. <laughs> My God, that dude! That dude was like the Oprah of CTE. That shit was wild. Yeah, but no, I mean the only thing that I will give the Chiefs over the Bengals is is. Andy Reid over Zach Taylor. I'm not convinced Zach Taylor is a good coach. I am still not convinced. His I think interviews make me cringe. Yeah, it is bad. Um, Andy Reid is by far the better coach. Um, but I just think that that Joe Burrow is going to get inside Patrick Mahomes' head. He's, you know, Patrick has come from down before, but it's almost like, you know, like, it's like you're your rich white guy and your poor white guy, and they go into the same job, and your rich white guy's been like, oh, you know, I've I've done this my entire life. It's been handed to me. Not saying he doesn't work hard. Not saying he's not, you know, do what he's gotten, but he's never had to fight for it. The poor dude, he's hungry. He wants it. Joe Burrow's come from the mud. He's come from the bottom. He played on the bangles. You know what I mean? He tore his ACL in his first season, had no protection. He has come from the mud. He's not from royalty. He didn't have anybody to learn behind. Patrick Mahomes had Alex Smith, and he has Andy Reid, and he has all these things, and Joe Burrow had nobody. He had Zach Taylor and Joe Mixon when Joe Mixon was a nobody. And he had no fucking linemen. And then, okay, he gets his buddy Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow has come from the mud, and it's those kind of it's that kind of attitude, and it's that kind of play, and and just there's no way that I, he's going to continue to own Patrick Mahomes. That's just the long and short of it for me. Yeah, um, I will say I am excited to see if Travis Kelsey can break the um, rece- most receiving yards in the postseason. I think he's that- like. Hundred and some odd yards short of Jerry Rice's record. I think he'll get there. I mean, obviously he's gonna get there. He's still got a couple more years of playing too. He's gonna see the postseason pretty much every season. Um, Yeah, for sure. That standard. But if Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and these boys continue on their raid, that that record will be short lived. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. It's I don't know. I, I like this matchup. I think this is going to be our AFC matchup for a long time. We're going to be talking about this for a while. You know, every now and then you might sprinkle in Justin Herbert. You might sprinkle in Josh Allen. I'll even give credit. You might sprinkle in Trevor Lawrence every now and then. But really, this is this is the matchup. Bengals, Chiefs. This is the game. It will always be the game. It will always turn me on just as much as seeing Tom Brady and Peyton Manning square off. This is uh, this I this is one of the few games that I hope is wildly explosive. Because you know me, I like defense. I like three to six games. I hope this game is insanity and breaks all sorts of scoring records. I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I mean. Does Joe Burr get his first, or does Patty Mahomes get his second? I I don't. I it can't. You can't put a better NFC AFC championship games. No, you really can't. You really can't. This this is this is. You literally got the best two teams in both conferences going against each other. Yep. 
yeah, this isn't one of those, oh, this team is on a lucky run this year. They're the they're such the majority underdog, blah, 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 blah. No, I used to say, are, that, this is say that last year about the Bengals. You know, they got hot at the right time. Not this year. No. This is truly the four best teams in the NFL playing the NFL's best football at the NFL's best time. This is one of my favorite postseasons ever. I will, I will openly say that. I'm not going to get any work done tomorrow at work because I'll be at work when the Cincy game kicks off. You mean you have COVID? <clears throat> yeah, well, I'm already going to have to call out for Super Bowl Sunday, so I can't have COVID that long. That's crazy. You get COVID on two Sundays. That's that's wild, man. I have COVID for two, two weeks, three weeks running. That's insane. <laughs> um, well, that's all I got, man. Uh, you know, this is, this is going to be some exciting football tomorrow. Um, you know, obviously let us know what you think. Super Bowl boxes, guys. Email us. If you're friends with Hector and I on social medias, hit us up there. Hit up the Breaking Down the we got about pages. 32 boxes left. Come on, yep, guys. Yep, yep. Let's sell this shit out. You can donate to a charity or organization of your choosing when you go to yep. them. Um, come on. We've done this three years running now. Come on. Let's let's sell these boxes out. Let's, I mean, I'll buy the fun. rest of the boxes and just win the money myself, but we're trying to give you guys a chance to win it. Uh, and shout out to Flask Cap, our sponsors at Flask Cap. Buy yourself a fun button. Um, if you're going to the game, that'll be clutch to have. Mm -hmm. I'll be breaking mine out tomorrow for sure. I'm going to be fun buttoning all day from start to finish. If I whip that out, and I'm not saying my dick, <laughs> but if I whip that out, then I might whip my dick out because I'll be so intoxicated and I won't be going to work. I will tell you that is that thing is dangerous. It is dangerously good fun because you just you don't even realize it, man. At least when you pour yourself a drink, like I'll pour me a drink, and I'm I'm a simple man. I like two or three ingredient drinks. We don't go crazy in this household, so I'll pour myself like a half a cup of fucking liquor. I'm like, oh okay, I'm drinking a lot, and I recognize it. You fill that fun button up. That's nine ounces or six, bro. Nine I filled ounces. up my fucking mug like four times, and that was still like. Never touch the alcohol again. Mm -hmm. And then you go boop, boop, boop. And you don't, you just lose track. You hit the little button and you lose track. And you hit it 18 times when you have the Matic 9. I 100% blame my sister-in-law, Shannon, at Christmas. She uh, had a little bit too much with my fun button. So oh, yeah. That's it was just like, bloop, 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 bloop. I'm like, it's fun, oh. Yeah, it's fun to get other motherfuckers. Just ding, ding, ding. I was like, dude, you just put like six shots in my drink. You'll be all right. <laughs> but uh but yeah guys that's that's what we get get yourself a fun button get yourself some super bowl boxes when you some money and uh yeah we'll see you. we'll come back next week and see how we do you said what we said